Ellen, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Females in Motorsport podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. I'm so glad that you were able to make the time. I feel like Formula One is making so many changes in the sport. There's so many developments happening in the sport with sustainability in mind. And I think it's a very interesting conversation to be to have had. So um, I'm really glad to have you here. It is an incredibly busy time. And uh, I think part of the work is not only getting the work done in our own operations, but also sharing it with others so that they can be part of the action too. So um, thank you for giving us the platform to talk about it today. So I want to start with the basics. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your role as head of ESG at Formula One and how you ended up working in motorsport and Formula One. Yes. So as you said, my title is Head of Environment, Social and Governance at Formula One. And what that means is I'm responsible for delivering across our sustainability strategy, which is to one, be net zero by 2030, to two, host more sustainable events, and three, ensure our sport is more diverse and inclusive. And um, that really, as a strategy, impacts our entire business, our operations, as well as how we work with all of our stakeholders. So it is an exciting job, um, one where I get to work with experts across all areas, whether it's sporting, whether it's fan engagement, whether it's through to our facilities. And um, from my side, in terms of how I got here, uh, the really simple answer is I applied. (laughs) Um, But the uh, longer (laughs) answer is that, You know, when you look at sustainability, I've I've worked in a number of industries, whether it's food and beverage, whether it's international development, and the principles and the building blocks are very similar. It's like any sustainability strategy we talked about, which is how do you reduce your carbon footprint? How do you ensure your operations are more sustainable? And how do you ensure that that is working on both an environmental and social level um, from an impact side? So when I saw the Formula One opportunity, I went... One, Formula One's very exciting and I love sport and I wanted to be involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, Formula One has um, things that every business you have your own operational delivery. But from a contribution to society perspective, Formula One is working on road relevant technologies. So how do we look at the future of mobility? But two, from an audience perspective, you know, over 500 million people in the world are engaged. And that's exactly what sustainability needs is that passion and drive. Um, so it's a huge uh, opportunity when I saw Formula One to say, ah, how can we do more in sustainability and how can I be part of that? So would you say that you were already um, a Formula One or like, let's say motorsport fan when you came into Formula One and do you think that passion that you have for sustainability is is being able to kind of ignite the same passion in Formula One as a series? So I am new to motorsport from a background in terms of uh, my job experience. Well, not too new. I've been 18 months in now um, from working in Formula One, a very intense 18 months. But um, I've always been a fan of sports and the power that sport has to engage um, everyone. You know, that feeling when you're you know jumping out of your seat. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and we need that. We need that passion in sustainability, um, whether you're working in Formula One or you're working just down the street. There's we, we need all of us to understand what is our role and our impact and how we can change our ways of working um, to deliver that. So when it came to Formula One, Formula One already had a sustainability strategy when I joined in 2022. So sustainability isn't new to Formula One, but my role is. And the reason for that is how do you um, go from having projects in sustainability like remote broadcast operations, which are fantastic to reduce our carbon footprint, to 
a culture change effectively in sustainability where every single department understands what their targets are, what their strategic aims are, and how they are part of delivering that overall sustainability strategy. So from my side, when I look at sustainability at Formula One, um, I'm a, a lucky piece of glue. <laughs> it's a terrible description, probably, but it's my job to help engage all of those departments on the existing strategy and how, how they get that um, delivered on the whole. I love that. I love that description. I love it. Um, I think it's so interesting because I do agree that sport is a very emotional thing for a lot of fans, a lot of stakeholders, like you were saying. And I think it is a medium to talk about sustainability, for example. Sustainability obviously is a massive concern, globally speaking, and Formula One is a global sport. It really, it physically goes to so many different countries. So it really has the cachet to be able to make that impact in so many different countries. So I have personally really enjoyed seeing the sustainability journey of Formula One, especially in the past couple of years. I'm really excited to see how Formula One continues to approach sustainability. But speaking of motorsport as a larger umbrella, there is still this stigma around sustainability and motorsport. Because when you think about motorsport, you always think of fast cars, loud engines, sustainability is not the first thing that comes to mind. So speaking from your perspective, how do you think we can change that mindset for, for fans? So when it comes to motorsport, our job first and foremost is delivery. So how do we ensure our operations are more sustainable? And we do that in a very structured and organized way. As you talked about as a world championship, we work with each of our race promoters who are our hosts on how to deliver more sustainable events. And that's everything from the energy they use at event through to plastic and waste, fan travel, local community impact. And that's a critical part of any event. So whether it was motorsport or um, another activity that you know and love, when you have fans who are coming to a site, it's how do you how do you do that in a more sustainable way? Um, that's for both the environment and social impact. So that's one part of Formula One is it's a great event that people like to attend and it's one of the key delivery areas for us. The other part of Formula One is, as you talked about, it's motorsport, it's the racing. And when you talk about the racing element, the key part from a sustainability side is how does that drive new technologies, innovations to support not just the race cars around the track, but also how those fans got to that race or how you and I might get to you know, our next appointment if we needed to drive there. So when we look at that side of Formula One, you come into play with one, the engines are the most efficient hybrid engines in the world within the Formula One cars. But two, we're looking at what is the next technology innovation to help reduce carbon footprint of mobility globally. And sustainable fuel could have a big impact in that area because it is applicable not just to a Formula One car, but also to road relevant cars to travel and logistics um, more broadly. So from a Formula One side, we have not only how do we host our events, how do we ensure our um, operations like travel and logistics are more efficient and lower carbon, but three, how do we look at not just how we change how we operate, but how can we give back from a technological perspective? That makes sense. And I think that's also very interesting because I do think that when I was reading the sustainability report and all the things that you guys are working towards, my first question was, like, is this even possible? I didn't even know that these kind of technologies exist. There's so much technology that goes on behind the scenes. As you said, these are some of the most efficient hybrid engines, the most efficient cars in the world. And there is so much that Formula One can do from a sustainability perspective. And there is that um, there is that pathway that how that could transfer 
on to um, road travel maybe and how that can provide inspiration for fans to be more sustainable. But um, I like that you guys have very actionable goals for both 2025 and 2030. Because in my experience, as I have seen other sustainability reports, that's not always the case. It's, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's just, a jumble of words but with formula one i like that you guys have very very specific goals um what i'm curious to know is that how did you figure out that those are the goals to focus on so when you talk about our three pillars of our sustainability strategy first is net zero by 2030 and what does that mean that means that we are one cutting our emissions by 50 percent compared to a 2018 baseline it means, two, we're delivering on sustainable fuel by 2026. And three, it means that we are working across Formula One as a sport to ensure that it's not just Formula One operations, but also linking in with their teams and our race promoters. So they are part of the carbon reduction um, activity. And when you look at carbon, it can be quite complex because you can't see it, right? You can't know that um, more events are being powered by renewable energy uh, or that you know the, the car going around the race is, is a hybrid um, engine. But what we have to do is, as you said, break it down into what are the actions and what are the data that helps drive that action. So for net zero by 2030, two thirds of our carbon footprint is through travel and logistics. What that means to me as the head of ESG is that we must address our travel and logistics network in order to achieve that goal. And we do that in a number of ways. And it's um, in some ways, it's it's the same way that any business would do it because we have to do it with the technologies of the day, of today, even though we also are working on the technologies of the future with a different hat on. So when you look at the technologies of today and how we will hit net zero by 2030, the first is behavior change, actually. It's how do we talk to our business to say, what needs to travel? Can it be redesigned to be lightweighted if it does need to travel? Um, how do we ensure that when we do travel with kit, that it is going on the most efficient logistics network? And you see that in practice through topics like remote broadcast. So what remote broadcast means is that much of the world feed and what people see on TV, the production, the directors are actually sitting in Kent in the UK. They're not traveling to Silverstone or to Las Vegas because all of that production facility is um, based in a set location powered by renewable energy. And that has a massive carbon in footprint impact for us because it means that those people and that, that kit associated with it isn't traveling race to race. We still do have people in kit who travel race to race for obvious reasons, but um, that is done through a process of what's required for that race and could we do it in a better way from home? And it will be a constant question for us of, as long as we have new ideas and new productions and new pieces of kit saying, can we do this at home? How does this sustainability build into the design of what we're doing so yeah. that we can hit that net zero by 2030 goal? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you touched on travel. I think the remote broadcast is a great example. I don't know if other how many other series do that, but I do think that's a really great example of how to cut that carbon footprint of travel because I know travel can be is almost a third of F1's carbon footprint, which I don't think would surprise anyone because considering that, like you said, you do have to travel, like some people do have to travel. Uh, but something that's become a bit of a concern more lately is the F1 calendar. Now, from my perspective, I find it very interesting to talk about the F1 calendar because, of course, sustainability is a concern. But, you know, sometimes when you'll go to race weekends and it starts raining, you're like, why did they plan 
a race around when it's raining. So, you know, you always have to plan things around sustainability, but also around the weather, around what's, you know, what's feasible for the country to plan. So all those things kind of have to be in play. So I guess my question is that from your perspective, is there anything more that Formula One can do to make the calendar more environmentally conscious? So as a world championship, you're absolutely right. We do travel from place to place to host the fantastic events, um, which is a Formula One race. So how we link sustainability into that is um, in different layers. So the first is calendar. So when you look at calendar and um, kit that has to travel point to point, you need to reduce the distance that's traveled, which therefore reduces uh, your carbon footprint. And you can see changes in the 24 calendar, which are exactly about that. So Japan moving next to China, um, Qatar moving next to Abu Dhabi, those changes are to reduce the distance traveled between event, which therefore reduces your carbon footprint. We will continue working with our promoters to look at the calendar and how we can continue to rationalize and shorten those distance traveled. And as you said, there are reasons as to why it's not a magic wand to make it easily done. Travel um, in terms of <laughs> uh, weather, as you talked about, holidays, contractual agreements, those are all pieces that go into the puzzle of how you make the calendar. But it's a key strategic objective of ours to show through our calendar how we are making carbon reductions. Because as you said, you can't see it. Um, we are also doing things beyond calendar to improve our carbon footprint. As we talked about how we look at our logistics network as a whole, what needs to travel in the first place. So if it doesn't need to travel at all, obviously much less carbon footprint, but also what way it travels. So we recently updated our European logistics network so that all of the trucks are powered by biofuel. That means we have up to a 90% reduction in carbon footprint for those legs in Europe, which is Again, a great technical leap, which helps reduce our carbon footprint um, and the delivery of our events. So many things that go into how we develop our carbon footprint, but we need to look at what is the data? How can we change through our own culture, change our own behavior, but then also how can we invest in new technologies to make those additional leaps in carbon reductions? That's that's great. I love that you added that little nugget about the trucks and the biofuels because that does give you a sense of what's happening behind the scenes. Because as a fan, sometimes you're not aware of what's happening, you know, um, back of house. And I think these little nuggets really help us um, understand Formula One's commitment to sustainability. And I think now there are some other series as well, like Extreme E and Formula E, which are kind of built on those goals as well. So I would love to know from you how Formula One's approach is different from a series like Extreme E or Formula E. So when you talk about any racing series or frankly any event, travel and logistics, the operations of the event are the same regardless of, of what you're <laughs> of what you're doing at mm -hmm. an event. So for all of us, it's critical that we look at how we deliver more sustainable operations, both at the event with our race host, but also through our travel and logistics network. Um, then once you have that event, when I talk about you know, operational excellence, you have, well, what's your contribution to society? Why are you there from a sustainable purpose perspective? And when you look at other racing series, they can sometimes talk about uh, Extreme E, which you mentioned, highlighting um, climate change and going to really you know, epic locations to showcase that and try to bring that passion and understanding. Um, and then when you look at Formula One, what we're looking to do is say, we need to develop road relevant technologies that work in the infrastructure today and 
accelerate mm. technological innovation. And that's where we have a large voice to play in terms of the constructors championship and the strength of the engineering behind um, all of the automotive uh, industry expertise that's going into um, developing sustainable fuels by 2026. But we also have that fantastic fan base to say, let's get engaged in sustainability. How can we use our broadcast potential to talk about what sustainability looks like, how you can get involved and how we can all reduce our impact? Yes, I think that is a really great point. The travel and logistics will always stay the same for every series, every sporting event. There's obviously things that you can do to you know, uh, shift certain things around within the event, but those things remain kind of constant. And I think that's a really important thing to highlight, especially considering the scale of Formula One. It's such a huge event. There's so many different stakeholders, right? There's athletes, there's the teams, there's sponsors, there's like you were talking about race promoters, of course, circuits. Um, so I'd love to know from you, from an operational standpoint, how do all the stakeholders work together to achieve Formula One's goals? And are the goals pretty much consistent, you would say, across all the stakeholders? So picking up on your, your first point, it, it's a privilege to be a sport in growth and to have um, so much interest in terms of what we're doing and excitement around the races. And that means that we have to deliver even more on sustainability to ensure that we're growing well. Uh, that links directly to the stakeholders who we work with. And how we do that is first ensuring that you're aligned on a strategic level. So a large part of what I do is talk through yeah. exactly that. You know, What is Formula One strategy? And how can you as a stakeholder be involved? What is your role um, in terms of delivering that? And one of the things that I've found um, in my time in role is that that having those conversations at a strategic level before you get into the direct delivery um, is really important because it means that when people understand the why of what they're doing, um, then they're able to come up with great ideas for their stakeholder group because they're the experts, right? You know, you're the expert in your job in the same way that I, I try to be the expert in mine. Um, and so what you want to do is bring people on that journey with you to say, this is why we're doing it. This is why it's important. This is how you can help. And then that helps start the conversation for them to say, yes, I understand. And I can bring even more. Um, so I've had the pleasure over the past uh you know, my year and a half, perhaps. I can't even count anymore. Um, it feels longer when, with working with Formula One because it's so fast paced. <laughs> Is that there's a maturity in terms of people's understanding of delivery. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that you guys, like I was saying, like are able to work together because there's so many players in Formula One, which is, again, it's great because that means I can, there's only more room for more impact because, you know, hopefully sponsors, for example, can take that to their fans, to take it to their audience, their consumers. So again, I, I think that having so many stakeholders is not, um, it's not a disadvantage. It is more of an advantage that you guys can actually work together and reach sustainability goals for Formula One. So now we are at the point in the podcast where this is my favorite segment. I like to call it the rapid fire, where I ask you a couple of questions and you just have to say the person that comes to your mind. Okay, <laughs> I'll do my best. So are you, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so my first question is, since you were relatively new and working in motorsport, what has been your favorite thing about working in motorsport? Ah, uh, my favorite thing. Going to the events, it's it's amazing to see it all come together. Uh, it is, as you said, just a massive, um, just 
amount of of people and expertise and excitement that comes together so seeing it all in person uh is just something that you can't really explain so so being being there is definitely it <laughs> oh i love that i love that i actually ended up going to three race events in the past three months and i feel like every every race and they were not all formula one there was a formula e race as well but every race that you go to you're still so surprised at the scale even though you've been there before you're still like how has this all come together how uh, you know from a fan perspective it's also so exciting to see other fans who have the same passion for something that you do and it really binds everyone together in that one circuit this we're all here because we all love formula one um so going to a race event whether you know you go as um as somebody who works in formula one as a fan as a stakeholder it's to me at least i find it always always a new surprise it's um it's like you said it's not explainable that feeling oh i, I was just going to say what's really nice from a sustainability perspective is starting to see all of the work that we talk about at a corporate level in action so whether you're at an event and you see less single-use plastic mm. you see more water refill you can say ah oh, yes that food is going to be donated or there's the solar panels that we installed so for me walking around the events and seeing sustainability come to life whether it's through our fan experience or through um you know in the paddock in terms of how we power our generators it's just a really gratifying th thing to say yes we've made that change um, and there's more to come oh i love that actually yeah i think that my next race that i go to i'm definitely going to keep a lookout for these things because yes please do love when i went to miami i definitely did notice the water refill stations and i talked about it in my podcast as well that that was like a lifesaver i'm glad you saw it in action um i definitely will definitely take a, keep a lookout for like solar panels and things like that as well because like i was saying i have a little bit of background sustainability but i i'm, I'm definitely going to take um a more like keen interest now when i'm at the race events to to notice that and then because you have a sustainability background and obviously a sustainability expert I would love for you to share like one life hack or like one tip for our listeners who are trying to lead a more sustainable lifestyle. I'd say my life hack, which is, I can't, actually can't even say the word life hack. My best advice is to take a step back, whether it's at home with my lifestyle or at work is, is just think about how you can do something differently. So we all get stuck in habits and we do the same thing, you know, every day we either eat the same lunch or we travel in the same way and all of those have an impact. And so if you have a moment just to think and be like, what am I doing today? How can I do this differently? You might find that there's a way that's healthier for you, healthier for the planet um, and, and might just be, you know, more fun. So I'd say take a moment to pause think and then say how can I do this differently and then I think we'll we'll all be doing well oh, I love that I love that thinking and I think you're right I think we all get stuck in habits sometimes and you know it's convenient or you just haven't you know had a chance to think about something else but when you discover alternative solutions it can really change um it can really change your impact and also you know you might you might like to do that more it might turn out to be more convenient so that's that's a great life hack well, thank you so, so much, Ellen, for joining me today on the podcast. It has been so great to learn about Formula One sustainability goals, how you guys are working with stakeholders, and all the interesting data nuggets that you were able to share. I think so many listeners, like I was saying, we're not always aware 
of um, what's happening on the on behind the scenes of Formula One in this area. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all these things that you guys are working on. And I, I personally, I can't wait to see, you know, your next chapter as you approach 2025 and then 2030. I think there's so many exciting things in the works. So I'm really excited. Thank you. It was a pleasure to speak to you. And um, I hope that uh, everyone